SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, March continues right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. The studio right here in Midtown Manhattan is a buzzin' this morning. The morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA, and then we bring you until noon Eastern time as well. Joe, March has officially begun, and the madness is already building up across college basketball the NBA is in its home stretch and we need to figure out if some teams are going to even make the postseason let alone what their playoff outlook looks like those teams mainly out in Los Angeles and of course well we have an update that we did not want to share about Major League Baseball but before we dive into yelling at MLB Joe welcome back to the morning after on this Wednesday Oh, it is a uh, pleasure to be here, uh, Ben, on uh, Madness. I I still can't believe it's March. I'm having a hard time figuring out where January and February went. But here we are. The madness is uh, almost upon us. More madness last night. There'll be madness tonight. Uh, Get ready uh, for the next uh, four weeks because the craziness has begun, my friend. And you will need to focus solely on college basketball with some NBA sprinkled in, but not look forward to spring training or regular season baseball. Because yesterday, the deadline that loomed for the Major League Baseball lockout to continue and potentially cancel regular season games, well, that hit around 5 p.m. Eastern time. And now the MLB lockout continues. And now regular season games have officially been canceled. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred saying yesterday in a press conference following that deadline where no new collective bargaining agreement was brokered that the first two series of this Major League Baseball regular season have been canceled. You can see this report here from SportsGrid's very own Craig Mitch. So, Joe, there was arbitrary deadlines set from the league and owner's side for these negotiations to wrap up by a certain point. Initially, it was Monday. Then, because some progress was made, it was pushed back until 5 p.m. Eastern time yesterday. There felt like there was some progress Monday night. There felt like there was two sides inching closer together, but that seemed like a press release and public support type of thing. It did not really seem like anything actually was going to get done. And we can see from some of the reports about the deals that were offered, the best in final from the owners and the counter that the players had that they were looking for, how far apart these two sides were. No changes from the owners in their best and final offer to the collective bargaining tax thresholds, virtually the pseudo salary cap in baseball and that was one of the biggest sticking points the pre-arbitration bonus pool that was a huge launching off point for these negotiations really not much of an increase there either and barely anything when it comes to player minimums for some of the younger players across major league baseball joe i think the idea that these two sides were ever close was always a farce and here we are no baseball by the time we get to the regular season so the, uh, the meetings are actually not too far uh, from our studios here in South Florida, Ben, at Roger Dean Stadium. And 
the crowd that uh, is petitioning outside of Roger Dean Stadium where the meetings are being held, uh, it is growing every day. I mean, keep in mind, uh, there's a lot tied into spring training in this area, Ben. And I can tell you, baseball fans, not happy with what's going on, my man. No, not at all. And they have every right not to be happy as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after on a Wednesday right here on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates. I'm Ben Stevens. He is Joe Ranieri. And we are discussing Major League Baseball and the regular season having been postponed as the lockout mm. continues now forcing regular season games to be canceled. And Joe, it's been a very frustrating process as fans have watched this played out. Regardless of whose side you agree with more, if you think the players need to shut up and start playing, or if you think the owners deservedly so need to give the players more money, there is nothing here that leads to any sort of optimism about when a deal might actually be brokered to end this lockout and to bring a regular season back to us. Because the first two series of the season have been canceled. And Joe, in my mind, this has been a very interesting negotiation process. As Rob Manfred stated, when the league went under the lockout in early December, it was a defensive approach to bring forward a new deal. Well, then the Players Association offered their first deal up and the league took 43 days to respond. It has been the league to set in these arbitrary deadlines of when a deal needed to be done so that the regular season would not hang in the balance. And yet, here we are, Joe Ranieri, and the frustration continues to build for everybody that wants to just see a baseball game. There is one interesting difference between this and in years past, uh, and the difference is social media and public perception. Uh, the players are doing it. They're much smarter. They're much more savvy understanding the PR game that was only dominated by the owners in decades past, the players are doing an amazing job of shifting the blame where public perception now is on the owners. They ain't blaming the players because the players aren't causing this when you dive into it. It is absolutely yep. the owners and the players are making sure everybody knows thanks to social media. And a lot of that progress idea in owner's spin for good PR. We go to college basketball. We need some hope. That's next here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. March rolls on right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA on this Wednesday, I am Ben Stevens. The madness officially began yesterday, but it's been going on the last couple of weeks in college hoops. And now in the final week of the regular season, for our high major conferences around the country, the madness is certainly starting to build. And we look at all of what happened last night right now in the zone. A Big Ten title on the line last night 
in Madison, Wisconsin. The 10th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers hosting the 8th-ranked Purdue Boilermakers. And with a win, Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, or at least a share of that conference crown. And Joe, in one of the most wild finishes you will ever see. A great appetizer, if you will, to the madness for the rest of this month and into early April. Wisconsin wins in the closing seconds of the game inside the Kohl Center, 70-67. to 67. A wild final minute. Jaden Ivey made it a one-point game under about 40 seconds left. Johnny Davis then responds. He banks in a deep two-pointer. Then Jaden Ivey comes down, knocks in a three to tie the game at 67. And then the freshman, Chucky Hepburn, out of Omaha, Nebraska, from Bellevue West High School, Banks in a three, Joe, with just a couple of seconds remaining to give Wisconsin the win and to give the Badgers a Big Ten title. What a game and what a night in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, I can. Uh, it's interesting, this game. And Wisconsin season this year has been great, has it not? I mean, it's yeah. been a combination of luck and some talent and some growing up. And when anytime you have. You know, Johnny Davis, uh, possibly one of the, uh, you know, considered the best player in uh, college hoops, who started off slow last night, but everyone else picked it up around him until, of course, it came crunch, uh, crunch time. But keep this yeah. in mind moving forward here. Wisconsin, now 15-1 and one this season, guys, in games decided by six points or less. 15 and one in one of the most high variant sports known to mankind here, Ben. They have managed to go 15 and one in those uh, bucket or two bucket games. And they did it again last night. But keep in mind, Purdue, if they showed one thing to me last night, they are never out of it. They were down by as much as 11 in that second half. Not a whole lot of time, about five or six minutes to go. They got enough firepower to dig themselves out of any hole. I think Purdue will be just fine moving forward. And it's interesting when you put this in comparison for Purdue. They were minus 220 to win the Big Ten Conference just last mm -hmm. week. It was seeming like it was their title to own. And then Wisconsin rallies over the weekend. Purdue loses on the road at Michigan State. And then on the road last night to the Badgers. As Joe mentioned, that one loss for Wisconsin in games decided by six <laughs> points or less is against a really good team in close games as well. That one loss early in the non-conference portion of their slate to Providence. Two teams that have been described as lucky. I just call it good basketball yeah. because Wisconsin has been booked as an underdog nine times this year, Joe. They are 7-2 and two against the number as an underdog. All seven covers, seven outright wins, as they did on the road in New Jersey in the rack on Saturday. And then last night as a three-point underdog at home for a Big Ten championship. Mm. Now, Purdue did show some resolve, but there is some concerning metrics about this Boilermakers team entering the NCAA tournament. Now lost two straight. They have not covered in six straight, Gerenary, and in the Big Ten Conference, just 6-12-1 against the spread this year. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, an in-state rivalry in Ann Arbor that goes the way of the home team in a big way. Michigan absolutely hammering Michigan State in my mind, Joe, all but solidifying the Wolverines' bid to be in the big dance. Michigan winning 87-70 to 70 
easily covering as a four and a half point favorite. One of the people on this show said that Michigan State winning on the road and potentially covering as a four and a half point underdog last night was the best bet. We don't need to mention who that was. Now Michigan has won Ooh. two of three with Phil Martelli as their head coach in lieu of Jawan Howard. And Joe, I think last night will be remembered as the Hunter Dickinson game. 33 points, 13 of 19 from the field. The first 30 plus point performance for a Michigan player against their rivals in Michigan State since the 1990s. A huge game for Hunter Dickinson and an easy cover for Michigan, covering as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, winning by 17 at home. Yeah, it never really in doubt. I mean, the question of whether or not Michigan State could continue the kind of hot shooting that they had the game prior against uh, Purdue, who gives up a ton of threes, um, the answer no, uh, they can't. They had no answer for Dickinson. They had no answer for uh, really any of the Michigan players here. And I thought of you uh, yesterday, too, looking at this game, because I knew you were going to be Michigan. But I'm wondering, I'm going, did, did he look at the over again here? Did he actually sure. bet up and over the total, Ben? And uh, I did because I kept hearing you in the back of my head going, got to go over, man. It's Michigan. Got to go over. There, There's going to be points in this game against Michigan State. There were points, but there was never. I mean, 44 to 28 in the first half. It was over, uh, really, in the first half because you and I both know Michigan State was not going to overpower defensively Michigan by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, that game was won by Michigan in the first half, and kudos to them to get back on track. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson, 33 points, a big part of Michigan's offense that has improved here as of late. Now a top 20 offensive unit in the country and four of their last five games going to the over for the Wolverines as well. Last night's total of 144.5 goes way over between Michigan and Michigan State. Now the Spartans, though, Joe, have lost six of their last eight. No covers in any of those losses, have only covered twice over the last nine games as well. So as we try to get a picture of the Big Ten, it's a pretty difficult conference to break down right now where it seems like there's a bunch of good teams, but is there a true contender in the conference? Purdue has the shortest odds to reach the Final Four still at plus 350. You will see a 16-1 to price on Wisconsin. That is no longer. Wisconsin is 13-1 to right now to make the Final Four. So the value is stacking up for the Wisconsin Badgers getting shorter and shorter by the day. Michigan now 32 to 1, Ohio State 32 to 1 as well, and Michigan State moves back to 32 to 1 as well. So Joe from the Big 10 which we'll continue to break down in just a little bit to the Big East. We mentioned that Wisconsin very good as an underdog as are the Providence Friars, because it seemed last night that Providence would walk into Philadelphia against Villanova, having already won the Big East regular season title with very little motivation, except for maybe wanting to beat Villanova and not allowing the Wildcats a chance at a season sweep over the Friars. Villanova ends up with that season sweep, but Providence again, Joe, covering as an underdog. Now 8-1 and one against the spread as a dog as the Friars cover as a 9.5-point underdog. Providence down by 14 at the break, Joe. They rallied to make it a game in the closing seconds. Villanova prevails, but those Friars show a ton of fight. You know, every now and then, uh, Ben, each week when we, uh, we do in-game live on Saturday, we look at some yep. games and we look at what the odds makers put these games at, and we go, what like what like really is this 
Is that how in the hell was this a 10 point Villanova uh, game last night? Like, how are you laying 10 points with Villanova against this Providence team? Like you mentioned yep. it as a dog in this kind of spot, it felt way off. They felt as if uh, Providence just wasn't going to show up at all last night. Uh, if anything, I think Providence has uh, has proved it's a little more than luck what they've got rolling right now. That line stunk. And if you are able to hop on Providence and grab the nine and a half, ten, uh, kudos to you because that line should never have been where it was last night. And it was so interesting to see. Now Providence eight and one against the number as yep. in underdog. More of the morning after next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We continue to go through college basketball right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. He is Joe Ranieri. And let's continue our look around the country by going to the West Coast. Last night out in Los Angeles, an absolute dominating performance for the number two team in the country, the Arizona Wildcats. Looking like an absolute wagon last night, Joe Ranieri, beating USC on the Trojans' own home floor, 91-71, easily covering as a four, four-and-a-half-point favorite, handing USC its first non-cover as an underdog all year. USC entered a perfect 5-0 against the number as a dog. Arizona said, ha, 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 we're going to run you out of your own gym. A huge, huge bounce-back win for the Wildcats, showing why they are a true national championship contender. Another one of those lines, Ben, where you looked at it all day long, the final game, and it's sitting there at four and a half, and you're going, huh? Like, I, I don't, what? Four and a half? And that line didn't move at all, all day long, right up until the 11 o'clock Eastern time tip last night. And if there was any doubt on whether or not uh, there was something wrong with Arizona after losing on the road there against uh, Colorado, which was just a terrible spot for them they had also played utah just the uh, couple of days earlier it was not a great spot for arizona so they lost and then they came right back against usc put their foot down and uh, left very little to doubt about their ability to uh to be the number one seed coming out of the pac-12 they hammered them they hammered them early they hammered them often uh this game was over in the first half Arizona had only been a single-digit favorite in their last 10 games as a favorite. And after last night's easy cover of a a four-and-a-half-point spread, Mm. three-and-one against the number as a single-digit favorite. The only non-cover, the outright loss that Joe was mentioning as a a nine-and-a-half-point road favorite against Colorado on Saturday night. And know the name Benedict Matherin or Ben Matherin for Arizona. Mm. A game-high four or 19 points, rather, last night for the Wildcats, and that's why Arizona has the second shortest odds to win the national championship right now on the mm. FanDuel Sportsbook, only behind Gonzaga. Another team that you will see here on these national championship odds right now, Joe, that did not put on as stunning of a performance as Arizona <laughs> last night, 
That would be the Kansas Jayhawks, 16 to 1 right now to win the national championship, the seventh best odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but on the road last night as a favorite as well. Well, you don't want to go to Fort Worth as a favorite or play these Horn Frogs of TCU as a favorite because Jamie Dixon's team, Joe, continues to be one of the best in the country as an underdog. TCU wins outright last night as a five and a half point dog, beating Kansas by 10. Ooh. And now this year, Joe, TCU nine, three and one against the number when booked as a dog. Yeah, uh, TCU, huh? That's uh, two in a row now, I believe, that they've yep. absolutely upended um, their, uh, their counterparts there in the Big 12. That should be much better than them. At least uh, that's what the pundits are telling us. But no, TCU is not a team, uh, especially down the stretch here, that you wanted to bet against. They're always been undervalued. They have been for most of the season. And Kansas looked about as bad I, as I've seen, this is back-to-back -back spots now where it, yep. they've kind of, it looks like they lost that bail again twice. Um, it just was not a, not a good performance at all right. there last night. And now to make matters worse, tomorrow in Lawrence, they welcome in TCU again. So kind of this, uh, this quick revenge turnaround spot. Uh, but I, there's something about this Kansas squad feels a little bit off here. Bill Self's going to have to get these guys back on track because that second half, they they looked about as frustrated and disinterested as I have seen them all year long. And Kansas now has lost two straight. This all follows a four-game win streak and a three-game cover streak. And because of these two back-to-back -back losses, Kansas now a half game behind Baylor for that top spot mm -hmm. in the Big 12 standings. Kansas has TCU tomorrow and then Texas at home to finish off the regular season. Three games now in a week span. And then you have Baylor with just one game remaining against Iowa State. So it will be very interesting to see who claims that Big 12 regular season title and the top mm -hmm. spot in the conference tournament just next week so joe as we continue to roll around the country that was the action last night now let's look forward to this night and try to make sense of some of the madness that we will see on a wednesday let's begin in the sec fifth ranked auburn on the road not a great spot for those auburn tigers laying three right now against mississippi state the over under as of last night at 140 and a half. Joe, Auburn got off to a 22 and one straight up start to this year, but now they have lost three of their last six games. And guess where all three of those losses took place, Joe Ranieri? On the And that's exactly Indeed. where we find them one more time here in a spot that, do I think Auburn's going to win this game? Yes. Am I completely confident it's going to be some sort of wild shootout? No, uh, I'm not, which is why I'm also leaning towards uh, the under 140 and a half in this one. And you've got a very desperate Mississippi State team, right? I mean, there's no guarantees here. A win against Auburn, and this is what it's been with Auburn. They've been walking in the gyms here with teams that can really use some signature wins. It started in ta uh, in Gainesville uh, last week there against Florida. And it's kind of, that's where it's at right now. A Mississippi State win at home against Auburn will absolutely bolster their resume for uh, for the tournament. So uh, this, is, this is a tricky game for Auburn. I do think game like this, not going to be as freewheeling as it might be on a 
Tuesday night, week eight, I do think it's going to be a little bit tighter, and I do anticipate less points than 140 and a half of this one. And when you think of the home runs, home road splits for the Auburn Tigers, this is the point we want to drive home here. Auburn just three and seven against the spread on the road this year, not covering by an average margin of 3.7 points per game. That's where the weaknesses are for the Auburn Tigers because at home this year, 12-2-1 ATS, the fourth best cover percentage as a home team in all of college basketball. So that is a great game in the SEC, as is this next one, Joe Ranieri. LSU visits Bud Walton Arena in 14th-ranked mm. Arkansas. The Hogs right now laying five and a half, and boy, oh boy, has this total got some steam in the overnight hours. I saw it last night at 138 and a hook. It is now up to 141 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe, we know very well Arkansas has won four straight games. They have won 13 of their last 14 games. They have covered in 12 of their last 14, and it should have been 13 of their last 14 had it not been for a late, very bad beat in a late tie-tie Washington three-pointer that gave Kentucky mm -hmm. a two-and-a-half-point cover on Saturday against the Hogs. But the must-bus is rolling. Can it keep rolling as a five-and-a-half-point home favorite tonight against the Bayou Bengals? I, you know, I don't know that I'd want to be getting in front of uh, of that train in Arkansas right now. We've we've talked about it many a times here, Ben. What it what it's like to play in the Budwall Arena. It is not an easy place uh, for teams Ooh. to go in and play. But I do think LSU is a little bit undervalued in this spot. Uh, not necessarily because I think they're going to upend them, but because LSU plays defense guys they're healthier than yep. they've been all season long they've got a ton of long athletic wing players there that can cause all sorts of problems for jd note and company there so i again i'm looking at that total going i don't think we're gonna get over that 141 lsu to keep this game close is gonna muck this game up and they have the players to be able to do that so again another game where i don't anticipate a ton of points here I think it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, I'm not getting in front of Arkansas, but I am willing to bet that there's uh, less than 141 points in this game. The Tigers right now, Joe, the fourth most efficient defense in the country. They have played two straight unders after a span when they went over in seven of eight games. But they started off the year with 16 unders in their first 19 games they have been mm -hmm. under nearly 65 percent of their games this year that's the yep. 15th highest under percentage out of 358 division one basketball teams i'm not sure how this total steamed up by two and a half points to 141 i liked an under of 138 and a half i still might like an under yep. of 141 but joe this year, the SEC is not just the best conference in the country in football. It might be the best darn conference mm -hmm. in basketball as well. As you look at some of these odds from the SEC teams to reach the Final Four, Kentucky, the third best price, plus 160. Auburn in there in the top six as well, plus 280. Tennessee at plus 950. Arkansas at 13-1. Bama, 17-1. And LSU, 18-1. to 1. Joe, there is some value in the SEC. Those four best teams that you see there with the shortest prices all would be four seeds or less in the NCAA tournament. This SEC league might be the best in the entire country this year. Absolutely is, but it, to me, it's all Kentucky. Um, hmm. they, they were finally healthy again last night, Ben, if you noticed that against Ole Miss, and 
they didn't even break a sweat and won that game pretty easily there. Uh, was no need for them to win by 20, but uh, you can obviously tell at full strength, I don't think anybody can beat uh, Kentucky in that group there. I think they're a favorite for a reason. Now the third best odds in the country to reach the Final Four at plus 160. That price on Arkansas has dropped already by $3. It was 16 to 1 last week, now 13 yeah. to 1, and the Hogs have won 13 of their last 14 games. We get to the NBA up next and go around the association right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The postseason is right around the corner in college basketball. Some begins this week, some begin next week in the conference tournaments. And of course, in this month of March, it's all about the NCAA tournament. But in professional basketball, in the NBA, right now in the home stretch of this regular season is about playoff positioning. We break that down and go around the association right now on the morning after on a Wednesday right here on SportsGrid. Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri here with you to go through the NBA and some of the action we saw last night. And Joe, in an immediate rematch, the second of a back-to-back -back between the same two sides from Brooklyn a couple of nights back to Toronto last night up in the Great White North, the Raptors win their second straight game against the Brooklyn Nets, 109-108. Much more competitive last night up in Toronto than it was two nights ago inside the Barclays Center. The game was tied at 103, under a minute left in the fourth quarter, Joe, but Toronto comes out on top. Brooklyn does cover as an eight-point dog, but Toronto wins their second straight over Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, and Siakam fouls out in the game, right? So, and I believe... Uh... You know, Scotty Barnes uh, is just kind of elevating himself. But I had the over yeah. in this at 217 and a half. So I can only tell you that, uh, you know, that last three there uh, was enough to make me want to cry as it gets into yeah. uh, 217, but not over. Mostly because Brooklyn, they are an absolute, oh, hell no, am I not betting on Brooklyn Nets here. I Until Durant gets back and we get some semblance of what this team is going to look like, uh, betting on the Brooklyn Nets is a losing proposition. 19 points in the second, in the fourth quarter last night. Uh, there's no way that game should have stayed under. But in fact, it uh, it did, and it had all to do with the inability of Brooklyn to score, and that's the biggest problem right now. Curry can only do so much. Right. And Joe, the trend certainly backed up the thought process of an over last night because last night's under mm -hmm. of that total at 217 or 218 by the time it closed snapped a streak of five straight overs for Brooklyn. Yep. They have still gone over in eight of their last 10 games. You mentioned Scotty Barnes. He is filling up the stat sheet here since the All-Star break. Woo. 18 points, 10 boards last night for the rookie out of Florida State. And Seth Curry, who continues to have to score in the absence of KD and Ben Simmons and no Kyrie Irving even on the road last night. Seth Curry, 18 points over his point prop of 16 and a half in five of the seven games he has played 
in a Nets uniform. And Joe, here's the conversation around the Brooklyn Nets, right? They've been booked as an underdog in four straight games. They have been booked as a dog in 17 of their last 21. They covered last night as an eight-point road underdog, but they are in that eighth spot in the Eastern Conference standings right now, three games behind Toronto for that seventh spot. So both of these teams still in the play-in tournament field in the East as it stands. And yet, Joe, the Nets' odds to win the East got shorter last night somehow, someway, from plus 290 as the solo favorites to now even shorter at plus 270. At a certain point, the standings and where you have to do by the time you get to the postseason, even if Kevin Durant comes back, even if Ben Simmons works in this rotation as he is hopeful to do, at a certain point, the ground you have to make up just seems too large, right, to be the short favorite of plus 270 in the East? I have absolutely no... I, I'm glad people are are betting Brooklyn, which means they're not betting other teams that can actually win this. I. What kind of Brooklyn team are we going to get? Does anybody have any idea what this team is? And, oh, yeah, what are we, another banana peel slip away from Durant being out for another three weeks? Like, it's crunch time. We don't know what we're getting with Simmons. I have no idea what we're going to be getting with Durant. Um, You know, it takes time. You have new pieces there. um, And it's not just kind of plug and play. So, I, you know, all of a sudden, the calendar is going to come into play here with this Brooklyn squad. Yeah. I, They're a bet-off team for me. I'm not going anywhere near this team until I see some consistency, um, and we are far from that at this particular point. I don't know who's still betting at that. Joe, this is such an optimistic price for me on the Brooklyn Nets because it's a predictive model based on power ratings that, yes, with a healthy Kevin Durant and with a Ben Simmons into the fold that works so well in this rotation for Steve Nash and with a Kyrie Irving that can play in not just half of the games but all of the games, that plus 270 price makes sense. But there are so many unknowns and so many uncertainties. It does not take the human element into the algorithm that is probably behind this price at plus 270 does it make sense to me hasn't made sense to me and just where Brooklyn is in the standings now in that eighth spot and seems rather solidified in the play-in tournament as of right now that's a lot of ground to cover to cash that price as the favorite to win the Eastern Conference title I know it's not a regular season price it's a playoff price but still a lot up in the air for the Brooklyn Nets the Boston Celtics have the fifth best price in the Eastern Conference as you saw there at plus 950 and based on recent trends that also makes sense for the seas because it has gotten shorter and shorter over the past week and a half two weeks and rightfully so boston bouncing back from a bad loss in indianapolis a couple of nights ago they beat the atlanta hawks at home last night joe 107 98 they have won three of four since the all-star break they have won 14 of their last 17 have the boston celtics so a little bit more sustainable success here we are seeing for boston yeah, and they did it without, I mean, they lost Jalen Brown uh, early in that game, too. So they had to play, uh, you know, most of that game without him. Tatum still drops, what, 33 points there. The Hawks really did let this game go in the second half, and it has mostly to do with the fact that they scored 13 points in the third quarter coming out of the break. Uh, and that'll do it here. This Boston team playing some defense, and it says a lot about where they are right now with the fact that you can lose Jalen Brown and Tatum kind of takes over and still play shutdown defense like that against uh, 
a pretty good offensive squad there with the Atlanta Hawks. That's impressive, and it's going to continue to be impressive. Not a team I would be looking to bet overs with anytime soon because, nope. boy, oh, boy, they uh, they are going to outscore you. Maybe not by a lot, but they're going to make sure they keep you as close to that 100 or under mark uh, that they can, and they've been doing a great job of it. Yeah, they really try to keep you under that century mark, and a ton of times we have seen that mm. happen in these 14 uh, wins in this recent span of 17 games yep. even before the All-Star break. Boston covers as a six-and-a-half-point favorite last night, which means it's another iteration of my favorite phenomenon in the NBA. That would be Ooh. the Atlanta Hawks have not covered yet, Joe, in a single loss this season. Atlanta has lost 32 basketball games. They have not covered in a single one of them. And almost half of them, Atlanta has been booked as an underdog as they were last yep. night. So from the Eastern Conference hmm. to the West, a, a portrait of two teams last night that are going in quite opposite directions. The Los Angeles Lakers on the downside of things and the Dallas Mavericks on the up and up, certainly, because Dallas is playing great basketball. They have won eight of their last 10 games. They have covered in five straight, and they cover last night, winning by five points on the road, barely as a four and a half point favorite but Joe the story of this game is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers who blow an opportunity at home to get a desperately needed win credit to LA they were down by 15 at the break they rally in that third quarter winning the third quarter 31 to 14 to take a lead into the final stanza and cannot hold on in the fourth quarter so now the Lakers have lost all three games since the all-star break they have not covered in any of those three losses since the all-star break as well and Joe the conversation isn't can the Lakers contend for a spot at the top of the Western Conference or can they contend for a conference crown the conversation is are the Lakers even going to make the playoffs even get into the play-in tournament at the moment I'm not so sure oh hell no Stop it. This team is awful. Um, they are. And listen, I will give that when we start the conversation with, well, at least they tried. That's where we're at right now with the Lakers, because those two yeah. previous games you talked about, um, there was it was they're not even trying. I mean, that it looked about as lethargic and could care less as I have seen them. And there's one great thing about the Lakers that you can count on. There's really no need uh, with the Lakers as a underdog to have to bet uh, the other uh, favorite in any way, shape or form, because the money came rolling in like it always does late with the Lakers. So that was at five, one point yesterday, four and a half. Then it was four by tip off as people keep betting the Lakers late, that Laker money coming in. Yeah, yeah. they lost by five. Not only did they not cover, they blew a great opportunity and they had Doncic on one of his, less sharp nights, but was still able to make big basket after big basket late in that game in order to be able to put Dallas uh, ahead. It, when you can't win games like that at home, um, this is a bad situation for the Lakers, and it's not one that's going to get any better. There isn't any, you can't, you know, rub the genie bottle and expect all of a sudden this to change. It ain't happening there, Lakers, and it ain't happening, Laker fans, but doesn't mean we can't make money fading. Absolutely so, Joe, and you have made some money fitting the Lakers this year because they have not been a profitable team whatsoever. 26-35 and 35 mm -hmm. against the spread overall, tied for the fourth-worst ATS mark 
in the NBA. The only Ooh. spot the Lakers have been above 500 against the number as an underdog. 12 and 10 entering last night, now 12 and 11, not covering as a four and a half point favorite. If you faded the Lake Show at the All Star break, then you're probably making some money right now yeah. or feeling pretty good about it because we got some updated future prices on the Lakers at that All Star break. Their updated live team win total was. 38 and a half with a slight bit of juice to the over. They now need to win 12 of their final 21 games to go over. That is going to be a very tall task. They were favored slightly at even money to make the playoffs. And Joe, look at that price, minus 300 to yep. make the play in. Right now, the Lakers are in that ninth spot in the Western Conference standings. They are seven games below 500. They are four and a half games back of the Clippers for the eighth spot, and they only hold a two-game lead over Portland and the Pelicans, who are battling it out for that final 10th spot in the play-in tournament. It's bad right now for Los Angeles. Oh. <laughs> so all you have to look is the first set. Three technical fouls by the Lakers in the first half of that game. You think things are going well? And they're not going to well because there's no magic pill here. Anybody wait for what? AD is going to come and save it? It ain't going to happen here. They messed it up in the offseason. DeMar DeRozan should be wearing a Laker uniform and not Russell Ooh. Westbrook. We might then be having a different conversation here. But as usual, when you let agents, uh, you know, run teams, this is what happens. Uh, they put together a team that uh, of friends and buddies and Yahoo. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not going to work. It's not working in L.A., and I don't see it being fixed anytime soon. LeBron, not it his is. fault last night. 26 points, 12 no. boards, a plus-minus of nope. plus-7. Elsewhere in the West, quickly here, Joe, the Warriors continue to struggle. They lose to the Timberwolves on the road in Minnesota by 15 points. The Dubs have lost two straight games, six of their last eight. Oof. They do not cover as a four-point road favorite last night. The Warriors have only covered once in their last... 10 games booked as a favorite in nine of those tens. One very strong trend for Minnesota, by the way. That total last night of 231 between the T-Wolves and the Dubs goes over. Minnesota has gone over in eight of their last 10, 20 of their last 25. We round out hour number one on the other side of the break right here in the morning. Yeah. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We started off this first hour talking about baseball in the continuing Major League Baseball lockout, and we will end off this first hour talking about baseball as well. Bye-bye, baseball, at least for the time being. This is the morning after on SportsGrid on a Wednesday in Sirius XM Channel 159. For this first hour, starting the discussion of baseball with me has been Joe Ranieri, and I am Ben Stevens. But now we get your thoughts on what occurred over the past week down in Jupiter, Florida, with the two sides, the players and the owners, not coming to an agreement, and now regular season games have been canceled. Let's find out how you feel about baseball at this exact moment right now in Fade the Public. So, Joe, we asked the public, how would you best sum up your reaction to the continued MLB lockout? The options, sad, angry, expected, 
and or surprised. And right now, most of the public saying this was expected. The second most chosen option, angry. That's how I feel. Joe, how do you feel? Are you fading the public? I am, uh, and I understand it, uh, because it's not like there isn't history here with Major League Baseball of doing just this. Those that are old enough remember how the game was almost destroyed uh, back in the 90s with that uh, yep. with that lockout. So um, the problem is, though, I am a little shocked that it's gotten to this particular point, given what we're arguing over there. Uh, it's not much. Uh, that's the amazing part that the owners want it all. And, the, you know, they're given a give a finger, take an arm, man. I don't understand mm. what the owners are doing. They're going to lose the court of public opinion. And I think they're okay with that, which to me is a little bit surprising. Yeah, it is. I never expected it to get to this point. In the past week, I think we could see this coming. When the lockout was instituted in December, I never thought we would actually lose regular season baseball games. Joe Ranieri, all across the grid, we'll be back together Saturday afternoon, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern time for In Game Live. Joe, as always, thank you. Second hour, TMA next.